Good morning. Thank you for joining this morning. Being aware of awareness practice. As usual, there'll be three bells. One just a moment. The next will be midway through, and then the final one will be an hour from now. Perhaps we'll just begin by taking a few very deep, slow breaths. And really open to what's present right now. Check in to see if we can bring a, a stance, like a posture or an attitude of radical acceptance, accepting everything because it's here. Just feel into what we find. Just kind of broaden the acceptance. Ah, this too. This too. Thoughts running in the mind. Yes, welcome. 
this too. Feelings in the body. Some may feel warm. Some may feel tight. Mind may have plenty to say about one, nothing about the other. And can we welcome all of that? It's just the freedom of consciousness playing out. And we just notice the coming and going of breath, the rising and falling of thought. Just all right here. We can gently allow attention to fall back and to what knows that, what sees that, what is aware of that, aware of the something or aware of the nothing. Either way, something is tracking it. So any object that arises is useful because it allows us to trace back by what it is seen in what it arises. And to what it is known.
Ramana Maharshi was asked about the difference between the one who has realized themselves and the one who has not yet realized themselves. So he was asked if the yani, the one who realized himself, and the ayani, right, the one who has not, as opposite. So the ayani has not realized himself. If the yani and the ayani perceive the world in like manner, where is the difference between them? And Ramana says, seeing the world, the yani, the one who has realized the truth of being, the yani sees the self, which is the substratum of all that is seen. The one who has not realized the self yet, a yani, whether he sees the world or not, is ignorant of his true being, self. Ramana goes on to say, take the instance of moving pictures on the screen in the cinema show. What is there in front of you where the play begins? Nearly the screen. On that screen, you see the entire show. And for all appearances, the pictures are real. But go and try to take a hold of them. What do you take a hold of? Merely the screen on which the pictures appeared so real. After the play, when the pictures disappear, what remains? The screen again. So with the self. That alone exists. The pictures come and go. If you hold on to the self, you will not be deceived by the appearance of the pictures. Nor does it matter at all if the pictures appear or disappear. Ignoring the self, the ayani, the one who has not yet realized themselves, thinks the world is real. Just as ignoring the screen, he sees merely the pictures as if they existed apart from it. If one knows that without the seer, there is nothing to be seen, just as there are no pictures without the screen, one is not deluded. The yani knows that the screen, the pictures, and the sight thereof are but the self. With the pictures, self is in its manifest form. 
without the pictures. It remains in the unmanifest form. To the yani, to the one who's realized himself, it is quite immaterial if the self is in the one form or the other. He is always the self. We use the various pictures in the form of thoughts, feelings, perceptions. To constantly trace back and confirm the presence of the seer. The presence of the self. we confirm the constant and can we allow the changeful to keep on changing We allow the changeful to be respected in a sense, not as a lesser, but just as a manifest form of the self. And everything in form rises and falls. Everything in form comes and goes. I remember the first way I ever heard this teaching the first time was in India with the, on the Awakening Together pilgrimage. And how it was languaged was Shiva creates, Shiva maintains, Shiva destroys. Because Shiva creates and then Shiva maintains and then Shiva destroys.
and the invitation for us during this time, perhaps during the rest of the hours of this day and this week and this year and this life. is to pull a little bit of attention back to what never comes and goes, what never ebbs and flows, the constancy of awareness, of the knowingness, So when mind begins to chatter, we watch, see attention go up, watch perhaps the energy of getting involved. And then watch and see if it's available to just remain as the watcher. Watch this play of form. Staying a little more interested in what's constant. A little more interested in the, in the through line. Noticing that that knowingness is utterly unaffected by all the various arisings. No picture that ever came across a movie screen ever affected the screen. It doesn't leave a mark. It doesn't leave a trace. But only we can confirm that for ourselves, which for me at least juices up the desire to keep a little bit of attention on what is looking as opposed to the object and consciousness. A thought, a feeling, a perception.
we had a wonderful reflections from the retreat house yesterday in the sanctuary from the freedom from the judge retreat and it was so inspiring to listen as everyone spoke of their seeing that the way one of the participants put it is, it's not surprising how ingrained the ego is. What he found surprising was just how often he listens. It's like when we sit in a movie theater, you know, somewhat captured. It's just the way attention works. It, go, it goes to the shiny object. And yet, what's always true is that that's noticed. And the work of disengaging from listening is the work of noticing that no matter what picture comes across the screen, screen's right there. The screen has to be there for the movie to play. So we pull attention back from the moving pictures. And we sense into the knowingness of the constancy of the screen. And we don't have to make the pictures stop to notice the screen. And at the same time, we can notice the pictures can be awfully distracting. The voice in the head can be awfully persuasive. It's so familiar. Just, just watch attention get sucked right in for a little while. But at some point, attention lands on the manner in which we are listening, we are engaged, we are involved. You can feel into the, the judgment of others, judgment of ourselves. There's a feeling that goes with that. That can be a very useful ego detection system. If you're feeling tight, there is some attention to some thought that is not true. And the wonderful thing is the moment it's noticed that we have been kind of caught up, we're back out. When we're listening to mind, to the judge, transfixed by the moving pictures on the screen, 
They cannot be in reality. Richard Spira calls this planting our flag as consciousness, just thought, 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 feeling, feeling at some point, no, no. As Jacqueline said, I don't have to listen to this voice because the voice ain't me. So when Ramana Maharshi is asked if the Yani, the one who's realized the truth, that voice ain't me. And the Ayani, the one who still listens to the voice thinking it's them. Do they perceive the world in like manner? And if they do, where is the difference between them? And Ramana answers, seeing the world, the Yani sees the self. which is the substratum of all that is seen. The Ayani, one that still thinks that voice is them, whether he sees the world or not, is ignorant of his true being, the self. Because he takes the voice for himself. And that's what they mean by ignorant. They just don't know. The mistaken belief said a different way. It's not knowing the truth of what they are. And then Ramana uses the movie example. He says, take the instance of moving pictures on the screen in the cinema show. What is there in front of you before the play begins? Merely the screen. On that screen, you see the entire show. And for all appearances, the pictures are real. But go and try to take a hold of them. What do you take a hold of? That's why it's such a critical point. in the process of undoing identification with that voice. Such a crucial point when something moves us to start writing down the thoughts. That's when we go and try to take a hold of them. We actually wrote down the thoughts. When we write down the thoughts, <laughs> we, we see it divergent vectors. One argues one way, one argues the other, one contradicts the other. And they just go round and round, like Regina said last night in clarifying the teachings. You don't just hear it once or twice, you hear it 10 times, 20 times. That's like going and trying to take a hold of the pictures on the screen. You start to see. 
the natural intelligence that you are makes it clear that is not you. You are what sees them. You are what hears them. You are what knows them. And what's the through line? What's the constant? The consciousness on which they appear, to which they appear, by which they're known. That's the screen on which the pictures appeared so real. And Ramana says, after the play, when the pictures disappear, what remains? The screen again. So what was here when we woke up this morning? This knowingness, right? This sentience, this aliveness. This awareness that is aware of itself. All manner of thoughts either came or didn't come. Feelings, attention going out. At any moment, we can check back on the awareness, on the knowingness, on the light of that see, seer. See if it's at all affected by what has come to pass. Just like the screen is never affected by the images projected onto it. So true with awareness. It's always in exactly the same condition, exactly the same place of no place. Doesn't jump around. It doesn't resist, it doesn't cling. Awareness doesn't comment. No matter how much mind is commenting, awareness never goes, oh, you gotta stop. It's just this wide open, alive, awake, alert, aliveness that just lets it all play through. That's our true being, the self. So Ramana says, what is there in front of you before the play begins? Merely the screen. And we confirm our screen right here, the knowingness, the light of awareness, that which is hearing these words. And at the same time, can feel into the body, can hear the mind chattering, maybe even hear birds outside, hear a puppy snoring because it's wide open, just lets everything play through. On that screen, you see the entire show. And for all appearances, the pictures are real, but go and try to take a hold of them. What do you take a hold of? Mirror the screen on which the pictures appear so real. After the play, when the pictures disappear, 
what remains? Screen again. So with the self, that alone exists. The pictures come and go. If you hold on to the self, you will not, you, you will not be deceived by the appearance of the pictures. Nor does it matter at all if the pictures appear or disappear. Ignoring the self, the ayani, the one who has not realized himself, thinks the world's real. Just as ignoring the screen, he sees merely the pictures as if they existed apart from it. If one knows that without the seer, there is nothing to be seen. Just as there are no pictures without the screen, one is not deluded. Yanni knows the screen, the pictures, and the sight thereof are but the self. With the pictures, the self is in its manifest form. Without the pictures, it remains in the unmanifest form. To the Yanni, it's quite immaterial if the self is in one form or another. He is always the self.
So again, Ramana says, if one knows that without the seer, there is nothing to be seen, just as there are no pictures in the cinema without the screen, one is not deluded. The yawning knows that the screen, the pictures, and the sight thereof are but the self. With the pictures, self is in manifest form. Without the pictures, it remains in unmanifest form. So the issue isn't the form. It's the preference for one over the other. And there'd only be a preference if there was some confusion about what we are. If there's a belief that some form enhances us, pleases us, or makes us feel better, then we're experiencing some confusion about what we are. And it brings to mind another Ramana Maharshi quote that Dorothy Hunt found so impactful, which is there is only the self. When unlimited, it's the absolute. When limited, it's the ego. So there's nothing that needs to be gotten rid of. We don't need to vanquish the egoic arising. The invitation is to recognize it for what it is, a limited form of the self, which brings us right back to <laughs> the question, what, what, what do we want? Why are we doing this? What do we want? If we want peace, if it's really what we want, there is no lasting peace in the manifest, in the limited. It is going to come and go. It is going to expand. It's going to contract. It's going to come into form, it's going to come out of form, it's going to change forms. So peace isn't available there. But all kinds of other experiences available there. Just not lasting, unshakable peace. So the question is, if it's all the self, and we can't get it wrong, we're just in some iteration of the self, 
then the question is, what do we want to experience consistently? And then the question is, are we putting our attention in the only place we can find that? Are we putting attention on the limited, on the manifest, as what's most important? Or are we putting attention on the unlimited, the unmanifest, on that to which it all arises? Are we allowing that shift in identity from the manifest, the form of the person, the personality, and the biographical <laughs> thrills of victory and agonies of defeat? Right? We're just a big wild world of sports real, aren't we? <laughs> we put attention there, and we're going to get the highs and the lows, and that's perfectly valid experience as experiences go. But if there comes a time where what is most important, what is desired, what is aspired to is consistent, unbreakable peace, the peace that passeth understanding because it's understandable that you wouldn't have peace in this circumstance or in that circumstance. It's very understandable. But once what we want is to remain in that peace, regardless of what comes into manifestation or falls out of manifestation, And we need do no more than follow Ramana's pointing to if one knows that without the seer, there is nothing to be seen. Just as there are no pictures without the screen, one is not deluded. The yani knows that the screen, the yani, right? The one who not only wants peace, but continues to keep their attention where peace is. That inward focus keeps asking, what does that arise to? By what is that seen? Keeps coming back to that which doesn't come and go and doesn't change. That we have access to right here in our direct experience. Because God is hiding in plain view. What we're looking for is where we're looking from. The Yanni knows that the screen, the pictures, and the sight thereof are but the self. With the pictures, the self's in the manifest form, right? With the ego, the self's in a limited form. Without the pictures, it remains in the unmanifest form. And unlimited, it's the absolute. For the Yanni, it's quite immaterial if the self is in one form or another. He is always the self. And therein lies the peace of God. 